0: This weekend, Marvel! Marvel! This weekend, Marvel! Marvel!
1: All the movies,
0: all those comics, all the games, all those toys, all the TV, the animation, just give us, just give us one hour and 45 minutes and we will give you.
2: <laughs> Hello Marvelites,
1: welcome <laughs> to, to This Week to in Marvel, episode number 290, that's only 10 episodes before we hit the big holy hundred. Oh, I didn't even think about that, yeah, huh. we're so close Nick, uh, are you going to be here? I think so all right, cool. No one can hear you. Why no one are you can hear talking? you. Don't respond to me. Uh, this is the official Marvel podcast of all news, new releases, action, adventure, and interns. Um, I am Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent
2: M, joined by Ben Morse, Marvel Digital Editorial Director. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I trip myself up. Like, I try to think of it in advance. Uh, mm-hmm. Editorial Director of Digital Media, Ben Morse. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that rolls off the tongue like yes. butter. Yes. How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. Yeah, doing all right. It's been a, it's been a week. It has been a
1: a week. Such a week. Yeah. I was in two days of full day long meetings, mm-hmm. um, which is good. Looking at the future of what we do, and it's it's exciting stuff. Um, been tracking so many like secret things and mm-hmm, upcoming mm-hmm. news and announcements that cross over all the different things that we cover. Yep. Uh, it's fun times ahead, which are great. Um, uh, we should. Um, I'm sure Mark and Christine will probably touch on it. Powers Booth passed away. Yeah, Powers Booth passed away. Um, so you know, unfortunately, we mourn the loss. Yep. He was great actor. Such a like, a pre- it was a presence. Yeah. he had such a presence powerful. on the screen, whether it was in our films and TV shows, mm-hmm. um, or just just in general, like mm-hmm. everything he'd done. Like you go back and you look at his work, and it's like, damn, yeah. Uh, we also lost Chris Cornell. Which oh, tragic. Yeah, that was um, hard. It's it's sad, and, and the reports say that it was suicide. That's it makes it even worse. Um, so if you need help, there are always people. There's there's yep, there's resources out there. Yep. Get help. Yeah. Look it up. Um. But you know, we had I believe it was Soundgarden who did the song at the end of. Um, the First Avengers. Oh, really? I don't think it was Audio Slave, but okay. yeah, like I, because when the credits roll during the First Avengers, it's like that, like yeah. the great sound. I love Soundgarden. So, Soundgarden's great. Um, Temple of the Dog. Audio Slave. He was an amazing, um, a, a, amazing artist, and I, I saw, you know, not a lot of people, a lot of our creators affected by it. David Walker. Mm. Uh, I saw posted a bunch of things. He was mm-hmm. crushed by the news of Chris Cornell's passing. Um, so. Again, um, sad stuff. Sad if you stuff. need help, please yeah. reach out.
2: Yeah, I tweeted something yesterday. I tweeted a link to a suicide prevention hotline, but you can find them so easily. Like if you're out there and you're struggling, it's 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 really hopefully you hopefully t- you can find someone. Yeah,
1: we don't want. It's not out. that bad. Yeah, hopefully
2: there's always there's always there's always a silver lining. You can always find something to live for. So yep. Please, yep. Please, if you're thinking about it, reach out, talk to somebody, get some help. Yes. Let's talk about comics. Yes, huh?
1: Oh, um, sorry. Something else? Real? Just bring it back. Wasn't this week when we announced Lego Marvel Superheroes too? It was. Yes,
2: we have announced Lego Marvel Superheroes too. I know uh, Christine and Mark are going to talk more about okay, that, great. hopefully with a member of the game's team. But I'm super excited. Um, I did not play the original Lego Marvel Superheroes because I was not not games fully, guy. Yeah, then. But I did play the heck out of Lego's Avengers, Lego's Marvel's Avengers, and uh, me and my wife had a great time with that. Yeah. And uh, looking forward to this one. I tend to prefer the first
1: Lego. That's what everyone uh, says. Marvel everyone Superheroes told game, me that. Yeah. Um, just because it's like this original story and it's so expansive yeah. and all kinds of cool stuff. Um, th- and also, I'm in it, so yeah, no, that's, you know, that's like a, no big deal. That's a big factor. Uh, but the second one, And we're
2: both in the second one. We are. No, I'm just saying. I'm putting it out there and hoping it comes true. Oh,
1: uh, <laughs> remind me to tell you something after the show.
0: Okay, um, but is it that I'm in it?
2: No. <laughs>
1: why would you? Then why would you tease me with that? Uh, but there's, uh, yeah, all the stuff that we've seen so far that about the game looks it's, awesome. It's incredible.
2: It's gonna be, yeah. The storytelling's gonna go across different eras. If you saw the. Key art that we use—you already saw Spider Gwen and Spider Man twenty ninety nine Guardians of the Galaxy, Guardians of the Doctor, Galaxy Strange. Doctor Strange, Captain Marvel, Black yeah. Panther, yeah. Uh, Hulk in his Planet Hulk outfit, Captain America as a cowboy. That yes. might be the big Cowboy takeaway. Captain America.
1: And the best part yeah. is,
2: like, that is straight from Jack Kirby
1: comics. Yep. Like, there's a panel that someone on the games team might have been Tim Hernandez, mm-hmm. who is uh, Tim's the producer on on lego for
2: us i think yeah, so. yeah tim
1: hernandez great dude love yep, him um wonderful. he frequent guest on this podcast yeah uh tim i i believe posted up a p- <laughs> the panel that was like the direct reference That's amazing for the for that lego minifigure in the game and it's it's That's so amazing. cool so yeah. exciting. So we're excited about all the things Yay, coming up. So and, much stuff. Um, and if you're just joining us, you know, after that little bit of talk, we go into all the new comics out this week, mm-hmm. new releases, uh, single issues, digital comics,
2: collections, all that good stuff. Then we'll cut to some news. Yeah, we're going to talk. We're going to talk about Secret Empire here. And then I talked to editor Alana Smith some more about Secret Empire. So that's going to cover our news section. Uh, we got our West Coasties. Big episode for them. They, uh, they have their news section, mm-hmm. and they also have Toomey URC, which means you and I don't have to do Toomey URC. Did you tell them our pick for the next? Yes, I did. Okay. Yes, I did. Oh, yeah. We talked. It was, we the, talked there about, were so many messages in their Slack feed. I, I told, was like, please stop. <laughs> I, said, I told them, you guys announce it. I will figure out the logistics later because there are going to be yeah. so many logistics. Oh, yeah. We're going to bring this. This, it's, this is going to be huge. We yeah. probably should have saved it for episode 300 mistake damn it (laughs) (laughs) oh boy oh well all right well long-term planning is not our specialty but short-term planning we can do yeah And in the short term let's talk about daredevil number 20 because that's where i'm starting out this week it's the conclusion to purple written by charles Soule, art by ron garney and i picked this issue because it was just a heartbreaker um this is the conclusion of how daredevil's secret identity went back in the box uh basically he saved the purple children from the purple man and they were like how can we repay daredevil how can we help him out and they use this machine to cast in this great double page spread by ron garney who really Nailed this issue. Uh, basically, they take away Daredevil's secret identity. Anyone who didn't know that Daredevil, or anyone who knew Daredevil was Matt Murdock, now no longer knows it. And that brings us to the emotional part of the issue, where he goes and sees Kirsten McDuffie um, as Daredevil, and she doesn't recognize him as Matt Murdock. And he makes a decision that, okay, I'm I'm not going to tell her. And it's 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 very like. He justifies it in a bunch of different ways. He says, you know, I'm protecting her. I'm doing this. But then he admits later that it was just a way out. It was just a way out for him of this relationship that he was so into. He tells Foggy, uh, which pisses Foggy off because now Foggy knows and nobody else knows. Um, We flash forward back to the present where Daredevil's fighting people in New York and he's there's this great scene where he's just beating up a bunch of guys and saying what's my name yeah. what's my name they're just like daredevil man you're daredevil <laughs> he's like repeated it on a bunch of different pages uh and then him looking in on kirsten and kind of breaking up with her uh, and that uh, was just a heartbreak i really on. liked them together i was like here's the thing if if charles soul was not going to have them together he wrote a story breakup worthy of the relationship totally you know what I mean yeah like he really makes it heartbreaking and I like that when it th- th- just this, this emotion basically Matt tells her I don't want to be with you anymore and she does like the single tear and then she's just like don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out because that's that character yeah you know she's she's a fierce independent woman who you know is not going to sit there crying for too long i hope this is not the last we've seen of christian tuffy great character speaking of great characters matt Murdoch's confessing all this to the priest that he's been telling the whole story to um and my, this, my i think my favorite part of their
1: exchange yeah. is uh like he's like the priest is like you just have to you, you know you have to forgive yourself to you have to deal with it yeah and matt's like Ugh, yep. like like and then the priest is like, "Do you need me to give you penance?" It's and like, that's like, "Oh God, please it's, yes."
2: It's super Catholic. <laughs> it's super Catholic. Um, so yeah, the priest. The priest's a great character. I'm glad he's been introduced. I think it's just kind of a teaser on the next arc that. Matt says he has some sort of plan. He doesn't mm. get into it. He alludes to it. He's just like, I've got some sort of plan that's going to be a game changer as far as dealing with crime in New York, dealing with crime overall, and now that I've got this out of the way, that I've got this out of my system, I can start putting this into action and yeah. we'll see more of that next issue. Totally. Good stuff. Heartbreaking stuff. Really good stuff.
1: Uh, also, great stuff. Generation X, number one. It's back. Yeah. Uh, written by Christina Strain, art by Amal Carpina, colors by Felipe Felipe Sobrero. Um, the so Amal Carpina we haven't seen yeah. in uh, a little while. Been in and Did out. Did some Ultimates yeah. work before Secret Wars. Yes. Um, but uh, Amokar came back hmm. on fire in this issue. I don't know what happened. The like Amalcar's work is very like. There's a cool style. There's a lot of angles in the way that. Draws faces that is a, there's a very unique look to to his style and here it just it's tighter it's cleaner the lines are amazing it's fantastic it's mm-hmm. really like I think it might be a little bit polarizing for some people because mm-hmm. the faces. Look very different from sure. a lot of other faces and things, but there's so much cool detail, and the action he stages things in really cool ways. And uh, we're introduced to this new character, Nathaniel Carver, who has a psychometry power. Mm. Psychometry. psychometry a, it's, psycho- it's one of those. Yeah, something. One like of those that. Too. And he like he touches someone and he he gets like a sense of who they are. It's yeah. not mind reading. No, but it's 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 akin to that. It's
2: kind of I think Longshot had that power. Did he? Yeah. Friggin long shot Friggin' long shot man um hey long shot this one's for you but we're introduced okay. to this new character and it's cool
1: like the way that um, we we see it manifest is sort of taking mm-hmm. over the panels and see like what we see is this jumble this this montage of different things from the person he's connected with um, and also gotta say uh, it's awesome to have Christina strain so cool. back at Marvel yep. I mean she's done she worked on the original runaway she was mm-hmm. colors she's um, gone and done a ton of things. I think she works on the magicians now mm. uh, the TV show The TV show if, really? I, if I'm oh, that's cool. I think so Christina's amazing I yeah. remember falling asleep at her apartment at a party once yeah uh, in like 2007 <laughs> uh, I had one beer and I just passed right yeah. out because that's who I am Lightweight. Um, Mel Mel Kylo was there. Our oh, I love Mel. Kylo. We love Mel, but um, Christina's amazing uh, and this is, I think, her first, this is the first big writing gig for us. She's done a ton of stuff. I know she's got, um, she's found much success and done some really cool things. So it's amazing to have her back at Marvel. Yeah, she's and a great she's, person. She's great, and she's writing characters that she genuinely loves. Like yep. Jubilee and the X-Men, of course, have such a, a soft spot for so many of us. And so Jubilee is One of the focal characters here coming back to the um, Xavier Institute to seemingly, you know, teach, be a a leader here uh, for the younger generation. She's still got Shogo. She's still got that vampire business going Mm. on.
2: I love it. Don't shy away from any of it.
1: Now, hell no. Uh, And it's great. We've got. glob herman is in here and there's this really wonderful part oh my god so great. he starts wearing glasses <laughs> yeah because he was when he was wearing contacts he couldn't find them because he's like a jelly yeah, he's person. A jelly blob i it was such, like, a little thing. I love it so much. You know what
2: little thing I liked? What's that? I liked um, Benjamin Deeds, the guy who, like, kind of morphs into whoever. Yes. I like that he just, w- like, he's he's showing this new kid around, yeah. and he starts looking like the new yes. kid, and the new kid's just like, whoa. Yeah. I, w- I don't know. That just felt like such, I don't know what it is about it, but it felt like such an earnest moment for me. Such yeah. a, like, oh, this is this is just, you know, such a... X Men moment, yeah, I just
1: loved it. Eye boy, nature girl, yep. like all the hits, uh, and of course Quentin Quire. Quentin Quire. Um, there's so much fun stuff in this, and of course there's there's chaos within the school. People, things, you know, blowing up. Uh, I love kitty wearing her like power suit Mm -hmm. and being all authoritative like badass boss kitty Um, there's so much cool stuff in here uh, but they are centered this institute is centered right in uh central park which um you know puts them in a weird place because by the end of the issue some enemies come rolling up right on them that's bad news fantastic (sighs) debut issue i hope you guys check it out especially Part, all the resurrection stuff that's going on right now—it's so like, it's,
2: really put together. Just a murders row. We it, we asked yesterday yeah. on Twitter uh, what else you guys would like to see because resurrection is seriously just about giving the fans what they want. Yeah, um, and so hopefully we'll see uh, we'll see some results. I know one Nicholas Jacobino was checking the Twitter yep. and taking down the results. I don't know what How you're doing, dance, He man. Did? You guys he see all this. the time. I really this is it's times like this I wish we did a video podcast because you can't truly appreciate. You can't truly appreciate the <laughs> magic. He's doing Dave Coulier.
1: Cut yeah. it out! Yeah. Like, what is happening? It's amazing.
2: It's amazing. It's a nightmare. We have totally struck gold in the intern <laughs> lottery. Speaking of great debut issues, Luke Cage number one. This is written by David Alf Walker. Uh, we got art by Nelson Blake. The second colors by Marcio Menez, and letters by Joseph Vino. Man, I. David Walker can just write some Luke Cage. Oh I gosh. loved him doing Power Man and Iron Fist, but you can tell, like, as much as he loves Iron Fist, his affinity for Luke Cage was, you know what I mean, like a little more. So getting there to see him, no, you don't. You don't N- know. But like, I mean, whose isn't?
0: Yeah, like, if I, know.
2: I, I love Power Man and Iron Fist together,
1: I'm always a Luke Cage guy. Though. It's true. Like, it's I can't.
2: It's true. I, true. We all, we hate Iron Fist. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> he's just like nobody
1: tweet that. The more. He's just the
2: better. Like I, he's the character I. I just connect to. The more. cool thing is, and what David gets, and what he puts on display in this issue is Luke is so. <sighs> He's a character that has matured over the years. He's a character he no character has really demonstrated like an evolution and arc quite like Luke Cage because the
1: stories told with him have done that.
2: Exactly. Well. Cuz back in the 70s he started out, you know, as this brash hero for hire and then it was over the course of decades that he matured into the kind of guy who would be an avenger, the kind of guy who would be a husband and a father. And now I like that in here we have him going in and like, the way David starts the story is it's, it's not... It's just a typical Luke Cage adventure. Like, something that takes a few pages. He goes in. This girl's been kidnapped. Her parents uh, don't want to pay the ransom or they they don't need to pay the ransom because they have luke cage um her boyfriend has taken off but luke just comes in it just shows off his shows off his power shows off that he's bulletproof uh cool bit where he says people wonder why i don't invest invest in bulletproof shirts and he basically says because when the bullets go through the shirt and the shirt's all torn up and i'm walking towards you still because it's not affecting me that's intimidation yeah it's great
1: does he also say something about the it's not that they don't hurt. No, like he getting, does say that. Yeah, yeah. He like, says it's
2: not they don't hurt. They just you know bounce yeah. off him.
1: It, it's like there's a point to it. It's like yeah. so, a little pain, maximum yeah.
2: gain. But just like great stuff. He rescues this girl, and um, th- just this, they kind of put a bow on that. And uh, he he has. I, I love this this thing this uh, exchange he has with the girl where he says like. My boyfriend said he loved me because her boyfriend skipped town once she got kidnapped. And he says, a lot of people use that word but don't know what it means Or mm. they use it to get what they want. Like, well, you know, and she goes, you sound just like my dad. And it's true because Luke's a dad and that's a part of his character. So he gets a call as he's returning this girl to her home. He's got to go down to New Orleans, which which of course you must have loved, Ryan. You love New Orleans. I do. I'm just saying that. Yeah, man. it's, it's great. great. It's great for you. I love. So you, he goes down to New Orleans. Uh, his his kind of father figure, Noah Bernstein, who was the guy who gave him his powers, has passed away. He. So th- yeah. this was a point that I didn't really. I don't know much about. Yeah. Like I, the vi. The thought that
1: I always had in my head was like Luke getting the powers mm-hmm. was not the most positive thing. Like the way, I, but I, really? I. I don't. That it, that was the interpretation in my head. So seeing this and like him having the connection to that, mm-hmm. it's great. I like that that story yeah, more but, than like Luke being forced into doing this and no, like no, the, no. the yeah, problematic no, it was, areas. It was like it. an
2: opportunity for him. Okay. It was an opportunity. I, I believe that's how the origin story goes is that they're basically like, look, you can participate in this experiment and it might help you get some time off or something like that. Got it. Um, so anyways, he connects with a bunch of people who worked with Noah. Uh, he's down in New Orleans. He meets with this guy who basically says Luke, you there's there's some funny stuff where he goes like, Luke, you are a specimen.
0: Yeah, and
1: that Luke's that just, was like, and was just like,
2: what? Yeah, I like he reacts the way anyone would. He's yeah, just like, Why what are you calling me? This that guy, is not a thing you say not to anyone. You say to anyone. Um, and the guy, his his son basically had a disease, and Noah was able to cure him based on work that he did with Luke, and they find out that you know he repeated this guy Noah repeated his experiment with other test subjects, and in some cases that's been good, in some cases that's been bad, it instantly gives Luke a connection because all these the, the people he's going to encounter good and bad exist because he was able to you know be the template for them to serve as and then these guys show up they kidnap the doctor lady that luke has been pounding around with they're able to cut him open which to me i yeah. was like whoa yeah what is that about because we so rarely see luke vulnerable and then i like also that they set up they set up in the conversation earlier i think this is an existing character where they basically said all right we know about this one other guy who dr Bernstein uh experimented on who's crazy and at the end of the book he shows up and he's going to now team up with Luke, presumably. So just a really cool start. Really fleshed out the character. I love David's uh, thing at the end where he basically talks about, like, Luke Cage Power Man was his entryway into comics. Getting to write him now is so huge. But I like that... How to put this? Um, I like that even though he loved Luke Cage as a kid, he celebrates the Luke Cage he knew as a kid, but very much writes the Luke Cage of today. As well he should. And
1: I think that's part of the evolution. It's like... Mm -hmm. Luke Luke was a character that was great and that was needed, but I think, you know, there's there's some issues mm-hmm. with how the character was portrayed sure. over the years. And now... Sure, it was very of the times. Yes. Uh, and of the times and of the people who were probably creating mm-hmm. and writing those stories mm-hmm. and doing those stories. Yeah. A little out of touch as in some cases. Yeah.
2: But I think this is a great start for the Luke Cage series. I think it's going to be very multifaceted, very intelligent, and just... I love the way David Walker lays out his story. He I, a story. Does a great job.
1: I want David Walker writing a billion comics yeah. for us. I think billion he's amazing. comics. He's amazing. I'm so excited. This new series kicked yep. off with a bang. Yep. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Also, uh, awesome this week. We've got Invincible Iron Man number seven, written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by Stefano Caselli, color by Marte Gracia. Uh, Love me some Riri Williams. She's awesome. Here we see her doing her like morning routine, uh, being observed by S.H.I.E.L.D. But just like this little framing device of S.H.I.E.L.D. talking about Riri's routine gives you so much mm-hmm. insight into who she is, how her brain works, what she's like dealing with um, and going through. It's, it's fascinating. And that's only like three pages. You get to see Riri, you know, going out. Uh, on a mission. She's talking with AI Tony Stark. And then she encounters Will-O-The-Wisp. Oh, so good to see Will-O-The-Wisp. I missed him. Like, Will-O-The-Wisp <laughs> is so... so it seems like such a D-level character. It's a deep cut. D- super deep cut. Very powerful, though. But that's the thing. Like, yeah. the way he's written in here is awesome. This, For this sure. like, elevated Will-O-The-Wisp, at least in terms of, like, where he... what he could do. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't say, like, a word. But it's just like a force of nature beats the crap out of poor Riri, Mm. which is kind of the point. She Mm -hmm. is she's young. She's inexperienced. And this is an important teaching moment for her, Mm -hmm. uh, a learning moment and a teaching moment for her mentors, which she has many in -hmm. this book, which is awesome. Uh, But, yeah, Will of the Wisp. I hope this is the like the renaissance.
2: This is the beginning of. You know, Will, Will of the, the Whisper mania. Yeah, absolutely. Will um, of the Wisps coming out. What? Is, uh, you're you're not, seeing this? I don't know what's right. going on. Just, <laughs> just checking to make sure I'm not imagining things. Uh,
1: but there's there's just really great dialogue and bits in here between Riri, uh, Mary Jane, uh, mm-hmm. Friday, uh, Tony Stark's mom, uh, Tony Stark AI, everybody in here having really good conversations.
2: It's kind of crazy how fully realized Riri is as a character given the relatively short stint she's been around. Yeah. Like I think Bendis has done a very good job of throwing her in the deep end as far as interacting with a lot of characters we know, and also like putting her on display in like tough situations, like fighting Will o the Wisp, yep. and just really has fleshed her out very quickly and very thoroughly. And I'm impressed by that. Totally. This Bendis, he's 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 okay.
1: Yeah, he's got a he's got a career. He's got a future. Uh, also Stefano Caselli. Ooh, like yeah. amazing. Like one billion percent. Yeah. So great. I love the cover. I think great. It's a really great cover.
2: Yeah. It's it's it's,
1: it's ominous and cool yeah. and then you throw you've got the iron her uh Ironheart suit but also like her sneaker yeah. in there. It's really it's, I mean it's really, it's really creepy. Neat. Uh wanted to note that. Beautiful art and awesome stuff in here. There's uh, a bit at the end with Sharon Carter. Uh, there's, you know, some some hinkiness going on so much at hinkiness. a party and a problem, uh, poison and destruction and mayhem and Riri of course is going to get wrapped up and all that. Uh, but what's also cool is that this is going to be tying into, or at least Riri will be an infamous
2: Iron Man. Yes, um, which is great. I love that book as well. I actually read that issue. Oh, we, did you? Because we got it a week ahead, and it is really good. Hmm. I love her. Like this is that's kind of what I'm talking about. Riri, it's not. Sometimes when you introduce a new character and they meet other existing characters, it's like, well, I don't know anything about this new character, so what do I care? Like I don't want I don't care how they balance off Doctor Doom. Riri, I care about and feel like I know. So seeing her bounce off Dr. Doom, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Mm. That's how she would react. So it's good. Little little teaser for you there. Very good. You'll enjoy that. All I right. Will. We've got U.S. Avengers number six. It's a tie-in to Secret Empire. It's written by Al Ewing. Paco Medina kills it on art. Yes. I have it open to a double-page spread right now of all like, the heroes in space fighting the Chitari and it's just dynamite stuff. And credit to Juan Velasco on inks, and Jesus Bertov on colors. The colors actually are really just
0: vibrant it's, and it's beautiful. Incredible. We yes, should couch this please. and
1: where this sits, because this is a Secret Empire um, tie-in mm-hmm. where it fits into the current Secret Empire mm. story. So, the way I read it was it's sort of between it's sort of right before zero or right I think before it's, I think the it's between zero and one, uh, b- right around the time of the For comic book, the free day, comic story, comic book day, which we're going to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Because not all of the Steve Rogers plans are, right. are, have been fully affected. And you see right. some of that come together throughout the course of this issue.
2: But we enter the story, uh, through the eyes of cannonball. God, I love cannonball so much. Yep. I'm so glad he's in this book. Um, he's he, not
1: invulnerable he's while, nigh in blasting.
2: while blasting. Um, Oh man, I can't wait till our next Twin URC to talk about Cannonball. <laughs> oh I can't wait till our next Twin URC. All right. So anyway, sorry. Uh, getting back to the business. We've got out in space, Cannonball's on his way back from you know, he was out in the Shiar hanging out with his are they married? I think. Is he and Smasher married? Sure. They have a kid. So uh, I mean that's and that's, you know, their business yeah you know but i think <laughs> marriage is whatever you want exactly to be, right? exactly uh wow we're getting into it um so <laughs> cannonball is en route back to earth gets caught up in the big battle with the Ch- Chitari, teams up with uh captain marvel the guardians the new quasar they're all fighting Chitari. roberto da costa's back on earth going like ah damn it what's happening he's trying to coordinate with captain marvel trying to aid him in any way he Eater in any way he can. Then a big old Chitari comes and a Chitari dragon. A Chitari dragon. Sorry, that's what. No, sorry. But they've said dragon in numerous issues. All I like that they
1: call it dragon. All right. All right.
2: Chitari dragon. Cannonball's out in space. He's not invulnerable because he's blasting, um, and he's going to try to save the new quasar. Uh, New quasar gets swallowed by this dragon, and then the dragon blows up and apparently cannonball and quasar are gone uh well yeah and the, another touch i don't like these dragons end up turning into bombs, bombs. like yeah. that's terrifying crazy man yeah um i just the reaction of roberto when he's like get me get me carol danvers now carol where is cannonball what's going on with cannonball these guys are best friends yeah. they have one of the coolest friendships in marvel a great relationship and he's just like I'm sorry. There's no visual on Cannonball. She can't find him. Roberto's got to keep it all together. He contacts Steve Rogers and is basically like, "Steve, what's going on?" And Director st- Rogers. Yeah. Director Rogers. You know, you're like, "Oh yeah." In this situation, Director Rogers. I love. We we talked about this last issue of U.S. Yes Avengers. The dynamic set up between Roberto and Steve Rogers. I like that Roberto DeCosta. And I know I feel like I'm beating a dead horse here. And I'm gonna just beat this dead horse, to, horse. to death um, it's, already dead. it's beyond death uh, but I love the elevation of Sunspot or Citizen V now, yeah, and the Marvel Universe where he is on the level where he can be the guy who Steve Rogers is like, hmm, this is a guy I got to watch out for. I got all these plans. Roberto DaCosta is someone who could stand against me, and he proves that um, when Doctor Faustus tries to use his mind control powers to take over. One of my, my favorite, favorite moments. Awesome. Love of it. The week. It's that I'll get. To, uh, we'll get to that in a second, I guess we got to touch upon the fact that um, Iron Patriot has built this giant suit, which looks great. It looks awesome. I love Doctor Tony Ho, she's a great character, and it feels like it mm-hmm. feels like there's a lot more going on. with
1: There's so with much Tony going on, with and her. like there's a trauma mm-hmm. and 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 a, a thing that she's dealing with yep. that's underlying all her all the things that she's doing. Yep. And I think it's a great storytelling it is. bit of business, and I hope we get to see how that plays out and really dive into that. Throughout the rest of yeah, the story. there's been
2: so much going on in this book that like the the Iron Patriot Enigma stuff is kind of under the surface, yeah. bubbling. I hope at some point it does get to take center stage because it is really fascinating. Totally. Then we've got Red Hulk Robert Maverick uh, working with one of these guys from AIM, but uh oh, he's secretly a Hydra guy. He's well, we I mean we know that yeah, um, and he's given him. Some nanites, or something, where he's basically like, You can turn to Red Hulk whenever you want. Yeah. That's great. He's like, Cool. I got a great mustache. Everything's great. Uh, and then here's, here's the bit I was talking about Dr. Faustus shows up. He's just like, All right, I'm going to take control of your mind control. And sunspot flashes to charles xavier holding up a blackboard that says mental defense 101 and basically him going like all right roberto remember i taught you how to resist mental uh, attacks and so he just goes um red triangle he's just focusing on a red triangle and that keeps sunspot from being put under control i love that he also gives it to all of the other u.s yeah, he, avengers he has taught them he's taught them which is it's great it's and awesome he's such a dope leader Oh, he's so great he's one of my favorite characters now I, and he was it was always a favorite character because i loved him going back to x-force in the 90s yeah. but this fully realized rivero da costa is just something else yeah and so the u.s avengers uh are not subject to this mind control but uh-oh there's a guy who's like there's multiple hydra sleepers with an aim uh something happens to sunspot that sorry, Citizen V, got to get used to that, uh, that is real bad. And then on the battlefield, that Red Hulk situation just got really bad because we had a cliffhanger of Red Hulk, now cannot control himself. I love it at the end where he just goes, uh, Red Triangle? <laughs> and he's, he's not being mind-controlled. He's being controlled by the uh, formula that turned him into the Red Hulk. It looks like we're having an awesome fight with Iron Patriot and Red Hulk next issue. So excited. This is such a great book.
1: It's really, really awesome. fun. Awesome love stuff. It. All right, uh, my third pick of the week is Nick Fury, number two. Number two! Yes. Uh, written by James Robinson, art by, is it ACO or ACO? I, I say ACO. ACO? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it's whatever. ACO is the penciler. Who, uh, Hugo Petrus is the inker. Rochelle Rosenberg on colors. And this is just, like, this feels like the perfect spiritual successor to the Steranko, mm-hmm. Uh. Nick Fury, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. book from the 60s. For sure. It's got style. It's cool. It's all about cool spy gear and gadgets and Nick Fury on missions. Obviously, this is Nick Fury Jr., who's got um, his dad's infinity formula, you know, coursing through his veins, so he's doing cool stuff. He's on a mission to um, secure some stuff from, like, his base on the moon. There's these... um, this dude named Danny Fear, yeah. who's a high-ranking Ooh. member of the Shogun Reapers organization. This is like... James Robinson's just pulling stuff out, man. Idea after idea, after concept, after weapon, after cool design. There's just so much happening here. Um, and part of what I love about this is... It's, you know, you've got your your comic panels and your layouts and all this stuff. And then there are these little cutaways and things that, you know, dive a little bit deeper into details that show different cool things. They're just beautiful splash pages, like this one of Nick Fury in his cool spacesuit. And mm-hmm. he's got, like, laser fingers and he's got his cool things. And there's, I don't even know how long this panel took to, this page took to do. Mm-hmm. It's Bonkers. It's it's awesome. Great. Then you get you open up to this then double page spread of Fury has to go against um, you know, Danny Fear and like his lieutenants in these like I don't know, samurai mech suits. Yeah it's so cool. Um and then you go to the next thing, and there's another double page spread with like forty
2: panels on it and so much cool stuff. This issue reminded me of the axiom that we often talk about with movies why why sometimes we prefer comics to movies mm-hmm. because there is no special effects budget right you can do anything in a comic and that's what makes this art form so beautiful yeah. the marriage of words and ideas and pictures and it's just this is the type of comic book that shows you why comics are great yes
1: yeah um
2: nick fury well is
1: standing Thank you. uh He's got he's like two steps ahead of Danny Fear and these other dudes, and that pisses them off, but he's, you know, doing what he has to do and he's going after this crazy special element. But someone has been two steps ahead mm-hmm. of him the whole time. Yep. And again, it goes back to reminding me of the old Nick Fury Agents of For Shield sure. stuff. Sure. you've got Scorpio and you've got all the cool Hydra stuff and all the different things that Fury and 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 all his uh, characters were working yep. on, uh, on and against. The Contessa. yes. Dum uh, Dum Dugan, yes. Gabe Jones, yes.
2: I'm just you know, yeah.
1: Now I'm just naming characters. You so are I know. Um, showing but, off. Uh, Frankie Noble, who was the Hydra agent in the yes. first issue, she is here at the end, and it's like, it's that just if it's so good, it's yep. like. Classic spy stuff, mm-hmm. classic comic stuff, and you put it
2: all together in this amazing story. And it's cool because James Robinson is doing done-in-one stories, but he's given a little tie at the yeah. end, so it's like, you could read this having not read anything else and totally understand it, but if you're reading the larger story, you absolutely appreciate it.
1: High, high, high recommendation. You know what it reminds me of also a little bit? Jim Stranko's,
2: well, Nick Fury? Yes. but, but You mentioned that. Immortal Iron Fist. Yes. in, in like, All
1: said. Just that... There's something next level about it mm-hmm. that I really hope people you know it. connect to.
2: Take it For sure, man. Yep. All right. Let's quickly talk about what came out on free comic book day because we finally got our copy. Yes. Yeah. Two weeks later, Two guys. Two weeks later. Um, so free comic book day, Guardians of the Galaxy has a story by Jerry Dugan and uh, Aaron Cooter. It basically is the lead-in to uh, it's explaining a lot of the stuff that happened with the Guardians, how they ended up where they are in all new Guardians of the Galaxy number one. The Novas have captured them and basically said, "Like, look, guys, there's warrants out for you." It's kind of establishing this new more roguish Guardians status quo. Something I noticed when I read the actual issue. But we got these great designs for all these Nova Corps members. Uh, We see a little bit about why Drax is, we we see Drax in his pacifist deal. We see Peter Quill being all Peter Quilly. And we also get the setup of um, the Talons, which I'm pretty excited about. This was a concept. The Raptors? The Raptors, one of whom is called Talon. Right. That's why I got confused. Yeah. The Raptors, I'm excited about this. Did it have anything to do with Darkhawk? It did. Right. it was a concept introduced way back in right. the Abnet and Landing run where they basically said, they took Darkhawk and said, okay, Darkhawk is not alone there is basically an army of Darkhawks and they're basically the Nova police for the Shi'ar, but they're a little darker, and they're, they get down and dirty, I think this is a awesome concept, yeah. I've always thought it was an awesome concept, I've not known why no one has picked up on it and now Jerry and Aaron are picking up on it and I think that's just phenomenal I think it's a great place to start. Then we've got a bonus story by Brian Bendis and David Marquez of The Defenders. We have someone going to talk to Jessica Jones about how uh, Luke Cage, Daredevil, and Iron Fist shut down a club where there was some criminal doings going on and how there are consequences for this. And how Luke Cage suffers, Danny Rand suffers, Matt Murdock suffers, and Jessica Jones suffers big time by this guy who is just a total badass. Uh, I'm not going to say who it is. What a great introduction,
1: reintroduction yeah, of Yeah, seriously, character.
2: amazing reintroduction for this character and sets it up so Defenders, they have an arch enemy right off the bat. It's going to be incredible yeah
1: if you like the Netflix shows mm-hmm. and if, you're gonna love this yeah, if you absolutely. like these characters and the, all their other books you're, you're gonna, gonna love, love this. this it's it's that rare like complete fusion that is perfect for all the audiences absolutely um, also on free comic book day we had the secret empire issue uh, this is an important one so this one I think I yeah, saw Nick important. Spencer uh, said that he looks at it as secret empire zero then free comic book day. Yeah. Then number one. That would make this Secret Empire one half. Ooh. Yeah. Remember when we were at Wizard exactly. we one half issues? Love one half issues. Love That's why I was bringing it back, the, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is really important. It tells the big story of the battle
2: in Washington, D.C. between all the heroes. Love, can you turn back for a sec? Yeah. I love Red Hulk there yeah i love new red hulk's design he's great he looks like tom Selleck as a hulk it's all i've ever wanted i know
1: um and it's you know andrea sorrentino on art with uh nick spencer writing it and it's gorgeous and it's heartbreaking and it's like like the complete demoralization of all the Mm. heroes beautiful art it's an intense thing There's a big scary moment in there yeah um and then we also we get a, a the second story in this issue Is a Peter Parker Spectacular Spider-Man story by writer Chip Zdarsky, pencils by Paolo Saquera, and um, inks by Walden Wan, Cam Smith, Jay Leiston, Paolo Saquera, and colors by Frank D'Armada. It is Spidey versus Vulture, and it is fantastic. It's really, really funny. Uh, Makes me even more excited for Chip's Spider-Man story. Did you see the thing that Axel posted yesterday? No. So there's a variant, a sketch cover variant, or blank cover variant, whatever they call it for spectacular spider-man number one okay on the back it has uh how to draw spider-man by chip Zdarsky nice and it is fantastic okay it's really really funny I'm i don't want to spoil it, out. it i'll seek it out yeah but uh if you follow axel alonzo marv on twitter and you should you should he's our yeah, editor-in-chief, editor-in-chief for in chief, comics um he posted it it's really really great but we get uh wonderful banter between spider-man and vulture uh it's Good yeah. MJ stuff too. Yeah, really brief, good MJ brief stuff. But good MJ stuff. Sure. Uh, really it, like making Vulture actually pretty cool in here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then there's a a character, a new version mm-hmm. of a classic amazing. character, and it was fantastic. Yeah, amazing. I am really excited. I think this is it's going to be uh, a whiz bang series. Yeah, Hoot Nanny. I am jazzed.
2: All right, let's talk about Secret Empire number two real quick. Uh, of course, I cover this more in depth with Alana later okay, cool. in the show. So we'll just kind of. Say what's going on. It's uh, it's written by Nick Spencer, drawn by Andrea Sorrentino, so the same team that just brought you the Free Conflict Day issue. We see the fallout in Las Vegas. A lot of Black Widow stuff in this mm-hmm. issue. A lot of Black Widow and Hawkeye stuff in this issue. We see what's happening in New York City. We see what the defenders are up to in New York City. We see how people are staying alive in New York City. One hero is making a huge sacrifice to basically oh. keep the power on, and that was a great twist, I thought. Uh, some really cool kingpin stuff hell yeah which Uh, if y'all need to be reading the regular kingpin series too yep for sure but this just fleshes them out even more then we have back at the resistance black widow essentially saying like look we have to kill captain america yeah this is enough i like that she makes the point she says because we wasted time trying to figure out if he was a scroll or a clone or whatever people have died more people are gonna die however long we hesitate Tony Stark AI counters with this message from Rick Jones, where Rick Jones basically, this Amazing double page spread, which I talked to Alana about, that Andrea Sorrentino did, where he did like a collage, a Hydra collage of all these different panels from Captain America Sam Wilson, Captain America Steve Rogers, standoff, everything. But Rick Jones explains here's what happened, here's the Cosmic Cube of it all. There is a way to reverse this. I think you guys got to go and collect the Cosmic Cube. And Tony Stark and Hawkeye are the ones who basically say, like, Well, great, we can get Steve Rogers back. Let's go get Steve Rogers back. And Black Widow says, no, guys, you're going to waste more time. More people are going to die. Terrible stuff's going to happen. The art by Andrea Sorrentino, you know, every page just, is just something amazing. Set it on fire because yeah. it's, it's too good for then this world. We get, we get some really great stuff with Captain America and Zemo. I like their dynamic so right there's now. So there's yeah.
1: also this page here talking
2: about uh, Zemo. His mission is going to be to go find the Cosmic Cube yep. shards. So it's basically going to have Zemo on one side yeah. and... The, uh, the Avengers Underground on the other.
0: That's going right. to spin off into its own thing. But
1: this page, there's this... Mm-hmm. The, like, you've got the Shard, and you've got three faces here. Yep. I feel like there's some... There's, like, it's one of those things that Nick will do in his writing, uh, is put, like, hey, I'm going to tell you something without mm-hmm. telling you something. And mm-hmm. this, pe- this here... Is gonna mean something down the line, right? And like who these people are, what this is, yep. is like uh, just a major like bloop 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 yeah.
2: bloop bloop. And I also like it looks a little like Combo Man. Love Combo Love Man. Love Combo Man. You yeah, know? Combo Man is fantastic. He's the hero we need. The hero we want. Um, all right, so Black Widow and Hawkeye have a conversation where they basically we I, I, I like that Nick has incorporated in the Civil War two of it all as well with Hawkeye being like, look, I just killed the Hulk. It was terrible. Let's not go and kill another guy. Black Widow standing her ground. Uh, There's a little bony zone. Not bone zone, but like bony zone. Highway to the bone zone. Highway to the bone zone. Um, And then Black Widow does something awesome. Black Widow gets a new group of characters or the hawkeye and tony are sending a group of characters out to look for the cosmic cube it's a great group it's such a we're great gonna group. see them in uh, secret empire underground it's hercules ant-man mockingbird quicksilver and one more who we'll not talk about yet but then Secret war uprising is gonna have black widow and her team which is all the young heroes because miles morales has basically come to her and he's like look i'm destined to kill Captain America we saw it during Civil War 2 another setup and he's like I'm sticking with you and we're going to figure out what's going on and all the young heroes are like hey we're not letting you go off on your own and like basically Black Widow says you're all willing to get blood on your hands and they said no nobody said anything about that but she says very well then children welcome to the Red Room
0: Ah, great line
2: and we're going to see you know maybe is Black Widow going to lead these kids down a bad path who knows who knows Um, But she's the hero who realizes
1: something has to be done. Someone needs to do it. No one else understands the gravity of the situation. And if Mm -hmm. no one else is going to pull that trigger, I I have to pull that trigger.
2: Absolutely. Then we get a final little coda, uh, three pages drawn by Rod Rice, where the Serpent Society is chasing after this girl. She gets saved and bah. That last Last page. page. Yeah. Crazy. It's like an RKO out of nowhere. RKO out of nowhere. Perfect description for it. Secret Empire is killing it. Nick Spencer is doing an amazing job writing this. All the artists working on it are great, but especially Andrea Sorrentino really yes. brought it home this week. And I, I'm just like, if you guys aren't reading this event for whatever reason, you are missing out. Yeah, and and I know a lot of people have a lot of Issues. reasons, and that's yeah. fine. Sure. But I think
1: like this is the thing that we've, we try to tell people is like, wait until you read the story sure. or understand what the story is is fully fully is mm-hmm. until you 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 can completely judge it. Yeah. Um because all the things that we're seeing here have been the plans all along. Yep. What we see at that last page, that was always gonna be there. Yep. That's what like and, and what comes next is mm-hmm. continuing. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot more to this 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 book, this story, this event than um than hopefully you expected.
2: And we announced this week that it's going to now expand it from 9 issues to 10 issues. Yes. So it's going into August. It's going to 10 issues. uh, Even more story, which is great news for everyone. Yeah. All right. Um, Quick hits time. Uh, First up is Daredevil.
1: uh, Not Daredevil. It's Deadpool versus The Punisher, number three. Written by Fred Van Lente. Art by Pere Perez. Colors by Ruth Redman. just i love deadpool and punisher together deadpool kisses punisher at one point deadpool makes <laughs> punisher say chimichangas it's amazing it is great it is like i don't not quite like uh uh Wile e. coyote and the roadrunner but A little bit. just like this this antagonistic friendly relationship uh going back and forth between those two things um, as they're trying to look for they're trying to find Uh, Deadpool's friends trying to like this family together. We find out what the importance of like this whole Mm -hmm. hunt is for and taskmaster finds about added about it at the same time, man. You know, there's a moment in here. I did not. I was reading on the train. Whoa. That
2: was harsh.
1: Yeah, dude. Uh, but it's great. It's intense,
2: beautiful art and awesome. Fred Van Lente funniness. Guardians of the Galaxy, mother entropy number three, written by Jim Starlin, art by Alan Davis inks by Mark Farmer, colors by Matt Yaki. Basically, the Guardians and Pip the Troll are being tested by this entity, Mother Entropy, who wants to turn one of them into our reality's Mother Entropy. It's all very cosmic, and it's all very tough to understand, but she puts them through a variety of tests, trying to figure who is most attuned to be the next Mother Entropy. She does select someone. Uh, it gets gross. There's a lot of fungus involved, and we get a new second Mother Entropy, and we also get an appearance by Gladiator and the Shi'ar that sets up the next issue of this, which comes out next week. Awesome. Uh, All right, we've got Mighty Thor, number 19,
1: written by Jason Aaron. Art uh, and color by Russell Donnerman and Matt Wilson, as well as Valerio Schiti and Matt Lopez, uh, because there's just different bits and pieces throughout the story. Uh, But the phoenix is is here. This is the end of the Asgard-Shiar war, and the phoenix has shown up and is
2: ready to destroy everything between this and Jean gray phoenix having quite a year and thanos and thanos yeah. I forgot about Thanos, yeah so much phoenix.
1: phoenix is everywhere um and there's this really cool thing where the phoenix and thor communicate in the mental yes. landscape Very and we cool. get to see obviously that thor jane foster having this conversation with the phoenix she is so awesome mm-hmm. she stands right up to the phoenix they have this great talk they they fight it's just Badass. It's fantastic. It makes you love
2: uh, this Thor even more. I kind of say, like, mm-hmm. just as an aside, I mean, Jane Foster started out as a character from the 60s who was very much just love interest, just, you know, stock and trade. And not a lot of people, like, people have toyed with her now and again and, like, you know, made her a little more interesting. She's a doctor. She does stuff. JMS did some cool stuff with her in his run. But the level to which Jason has taken a character who has been around for decades, decades, and just infused her with so many layers mm-hmm. and so much personality is phenomenal. Jason's
1: the best. He's great. Um, we get to see the return of Odinson in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he shows up with one of his goats and he's <laughs> like, I'm going to get into this. Yep. You're doing a space hurricane. Let me help you out with that. Let yep. me give, give you some of my juice as well. Boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quentin Choir fulfills a little bit of his destiny mm-hmm. in here, yeah, which is awesome, cool. but it also... it. it we get the Quentin choir and the Phoenix connection, but it, Jason does such a great job of also making it so he can be back on earth and be yeah. doing all those things. Yeah. Like it, it's awesome. This, this book is fantastic. Uh, the Shi'ar gods, you know, they're such tools. The worst. They're the worst. the worst. Um, they go back to omnipotent city and they have to deal with the consequences <laughs> of their is actions. That actually The
2: name of it. Yeah. Or did you just come up with that?
1: Omnipotent city, the oh, nexus wow. of all the gods. That's so cool. I know.
2: Fine. Um, Jason's great.
1: Back in Asgardia, we get to see that uh, Kerr is just like, you are done, Jane Foster. You're out. <laughs> I am sick and tired of you. Uh, and she's like, you know what? I'm done. I'm out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do my own thing. But Midgard needs a representative. And boom, we see who that is. And mm-hmm. it's another great character from all the Jason Aaron run. Uh, a little bit more, we get to see just a little taste of the upcoming nightmare that is uh, that is being crafted by uh, what's his face, um, Malekith, and it's it's going to be bad news. Bad we news. know that. Uh, we do get to see finally Jane maybe telling Odinson what the deal is, mm-hmm. which I, I'm excited to see that conversation. Yes. But really, the thing I'm most excited about last is the last page. page, the last page, and the potential end of everything. Yeah. Oh man.
2: Also, what's coming next? Yeah. We got an all-new Ultimate Thor? So much. So much happening. So much happening. Such a great book. I spent a lot of time on that. I'm sorry. No, it was good. It's a really good issue. It was very close to being one of my picks. Um, Monsters Unleashed, number two. Written by Cullen Bunn. Art by David Baldion. Colors by Chris Sotomayor. We've got Kid Kaiju and his monsters fighting Mole Man and his monsters. So it's monster on monster violence. Uh, Just great. Big, beautiful action drawn by David Baldion. Well, you've got Kid Kaiju and Elsa Bloodstone get basically kidnapped by Mole Man. Also, in the background of all this, we've got a new intelligentsia.
0: Yes. Which
2: is um, consisting of the leader, Modoc, Mad Thinker, and Mr. Sinister, who's a great addition. What a delight. Um, really fun. These guys are just... The dialogue that Colin comes up with. For My only fantastic. thing about
1: Sinister, yeah, I want him to be sexy Sinister. Oh yeah, sexy you know, sinister. like Kieran Gillen, you know, kind of like vibing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. when
2: Kieran Gillen writes a character, they just get sexy. They get sexy. It's just <laughs> the way it is. So Mole Man, uh, he's threatening. He wants Kid Kaiju for something. He's got a job for him. It's a super gross job. We get to see the monsters that uh, Kai has created, showing a little bit more personality. I love we it. get to know They're them great. a little better. Their interactions a lot of fun. And then we find out what Mole Man wanted Kai for. And then the Intelligentsia has hired someone to go after Kid Kaiju. And that's the last page reveal for this issue. Yes. All right. We've got a little Star Wars action this week with Poe
1: Dameron, number 15, written by Charles Soule. Art by Angel Unzueta. Colors by Arif Prianto. And um, the so this is after the funeral for Lulo. And there's still work to be done. Uh, General Organa Leia she says I need you to uh, to to poe i need you to go out there and take care of something uh because we have these agents who uh have been working for us helping us get fuel we've been doing these crazy double blind spy mm-hmm, things in mm-hmm. order to keep uh their fight going and all their agents are dying mm. and poe has to figure out like what's going on and it's of course of course it's the first order just always just being the worst friggin first order they man. are Ahead of the resistance, they are ahead of Poe and the Black Squadron, and they are doing dastardly things. Dastardly, um, good word. I know. Poe uh, nice Poe po has to fly. Poe's like I could fly anything, and he has to fly
2: basically the bus from Speed. If it slows down, <laughs> it will blow up, and it's great. Well Love done. It. Well done. All right, Punisher number twelve, written by Becky clunan Art by Matt Horak. Colors by Frank Martin. This is the big finish to the Punisher story it's been ch- that's been gelling for these first 11 issues. It's Frank against Olaf, his old commanding officer, on an iceberg. And they're fighting. And there's blood. And there's head butts. And there's more blood. And there's knives. Blood butts. Oh, my butt God. blood. Then Agent Ortiz shows up. And she's, uh, oh, man. I just, I love the, Matt Horak just goes to town on the violence in this. It is brutal. There is, there's iceberg shards being used as weapons. There's guns involved. Becky Cloonan wrote this, right? Oh yeah. She's just, she's so metal, and this feels like such so a metal, metal. issue. Uh, we still got face on the loose. He looks terrifying now. Dirk this- Benedict? No, not Dirk Benedict. Face <laughs> from this comic. Uh, it gets wrapped up, and we get a coda in New York City, which just made me smile. It's pure. Punisher. It's just classic Punisher as you like it. Yeah. Uh, All right. We've got Royals number three written by Al Ewing, art
1: by. Tony Silas in the present and future parts of the story and Will Robson in the past. Uh, colors by Jim Charlompitas. And this is a dope issue because it really dives into Maximus yeah. and who Maximus is and what he's all about and what made him sort of the way he is. The uh, formatting is very cool. It's yes. very kind of... Yeah, so around. We, we get to see the current story. Um, there's stories in the past. Um, and there's past present and future stuff mm-hmm. going on here we five thousand five thousand years from now with this character who you think oh is that black bolt who is that throughout mm-hmm. the course of the story you actually find out a little bit more about who this character is or could be mm-hmm. um you get to see the past of um black bolt and maximus's parents things
2: i tons of stuff in here i had no idea about yeah, It's stuff i had like a vague idea about but i think this is really it's Im- it's important because it's foundational in human stuff and it's stuff we should know yes. so it's good yeah um it's Telling the story of uh, like Black
1: Bolt already being born, Maximus being you know in the womb, them coming out, them growing up, them like getting a little bit older, and things with their parents and some really interesting stuff, things between them, their connection uh, which goes a lot deeper than just being you know siblings. Um, the current stuff with Medusa, who is very sick but still leading the Inhumans in space, uh, fascinating, really really cool stuff throughout all this. Uh, and again,
2: this is. Really cool stuff if you want to learn more about Maximus. Back to Star Wars, issue number 31, written by Jason Aaron. Art by Salvador LaRoca, Colors by Edgar Delgado. We're continuing the Screaming Citadel story. Uh, Luke is off with Dr. Afra, so Luke's friends decide we got to go get Luke. This is a bad idea for him to be hanging out with Afra Over on the Citadel of Katathia. Kateth- Get, get that <laughs> um we've got we've got um, a demonstration of the the queen of the screen citadel, uh, her power, her henchmen, just great stuff drawn. But here, the way they establish the uh, the kind of gothic horror of it all, um, this is very much menacing and just scary. And we have uh, a dinner that the queen is hosting for. Luke and for Afra and at this dinner she basically wants Luke to demonstrate his force powers that's gonna make him worthwhile he gets a knife to the throat Afra's trying to talk her way out of things things go haywire uh, these gross oh, wow, wow. creatures show up giant bugs uh, Laro- yeah Salvador Larocca gets a chance to really. Stretch as far as drawing alien creatures, and now we've got Luke and Afra on the run, under siege from everyone in here, and then we've uh, <laughs> we've got a bad situation for the rebels that has to do with Afra's nah. androids. It's great. Yes. Alright, Ultimates uh,
1: squared number seven. This is a Secret Empire tie-in, um, and is written by Al Ewing, art by. Man, Al's books always have the credits in weird places. Oddcock. Yes, Oddcock, yep. uh, colors by Dan Brown. And uh, so this, is, this has the bulk of the Ultimates team outside of Earth orbit. They're in mm-hmm. Earth orbit. They're outside the dome that protects the planet from the Chitauri invasion, mm-hmm. uh, the giant nightmare force that is coming to get their new queen. Um, and they are just fighting a war. The Inhumans here with, the some Guardians, you've got Hyperion as well. Hyperion would make a great addition to the Ultimates yeah, team.
2: That's a good that's a good call. Yeah. Hyperion should be on the Ultimates. Yeah.
1: Maybe this is the start of that. Maybe. That would be great. Uh, but it's a really, really just awful fight. Uh Agent Bran is on a ship and she's trying to blow things up and mm-hmm. it's just like wave after wave of violence coming at them and they're doing their best they can to slow it down and and try not to die. Uh, it sets up. It shows if you're just reading Ultimates how they've gotten to this place. A little bit of the Secret Empire stuff. But if you're not reading Secret Empire, you can still get a whole lot out of this because it really dives into what makes the Ultimates so awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's this really great sequence with Monica Rambeau trying to figure out a way to break through the uh, the shield that this impenetrable impenetrable shield. Mm-hmm. And what she does is is crazy and scary and really cool connection with the rest of the Ultimates also you got Galactus, cool Merit- Galactus Chavez, here, yeah.
2: and some just big big time stuff it's great Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, number 20, the finish to this big arc with Melissa Morbeck, just a jerky villain who yeah. they've done a great job establishing. If you just read the recap page, honestly, you're getting your money's worth with this Mosquito Man gag. Oh, man. So good. It's written by Ryan North, art by Erica Henderson, Rico Renzi on the colors. We've got Squirrel Girl, Koi Boy, Chipmunk Hunk, Nancy, the whole gang trying to stop Melissa Morbeck. And Melissa Morbeck has dressed up as doctor doom or so we think in order to make everyone think that doctor doom is the one behind all this but her real uh, motivation is she's going to frame squirrel girl for sticking a bunch of mosquitoes on the city squirrel girl has to find a way to fight back uh, all the all the team works together we get great uh conceits we get animals fighting animals we got a nice splash page of squirrel girl koi, koi boy and chipmunk Fighting a bunch of animals, uh, Nancy and uh, what's this girl's name? Oh, yeah. so Nancy and Mary figure out a big plan along with the squirrels, but it's a uh, Tippy Toe has to make a huge sacrifice. I it was. <laughs> I was reading this on the couch and I was like, "Oh
1: no, no!" Yeah, and yeah. my wife was like, "What? What happened? What happened?" I was like, "It." It's not
2: terrible, but mm, it's upsetting. Pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Um, but Tippy Toe makes a big sacrifice. Uh, they do get Melissa. It feels really good. Then the police try to arrest Squirrel Girl, and Squirrel Girl gets texts from Thor, Tony Stark, New Thor, and Spider-Man just basically saying, like, hey, we're all vouching for Squirrel Girl. She's the best. Uh, Galact, there's a Galactus tease. <laughs> there is a thing with Melissa Moore back in jail, which I loved because now we're really getting some some villain steam cooking on unbeatable Scroll Girl. And then after the letters page, there's this great coda, the best with Chef Baron Alfredo the Chicken, who are in love and getting married. It made what me What more so could happy. this book do for you? So won- so wonderful, so wonderful. Indeed. All right, what else is wonderful, Ryan? Tell us all about it. All right, we've got X Men Gold <laughs> number four. <laughs> Uh, the first part of
1: Techno Superior, mm-hmm. written by Mark Guggenheim, pencils by Awesome RB Silva, mm-hmm. inks by Adriano Di Benedetto, um, colors by Frank Martin. Uh, this opens up with Gambit making a mess of everything, <laughs> uh, like he does. Yeah, That's Gambit. What he does. Oh, he's got to go. He's he's got a job. He's got to steal this thing. He doesn't know what he's stealing. What he a, doesn't really know who he's stealing it for. Poor and preparation. Of course he does it, and you know what? It causes chaos. Yep. it causes trouble Selfish. because. Gambit is a douchebag. He's a jerk. And he sets everything, and it does everything wrong, and it all goes awry. He, uh, The thing that he has stolen and who he has stolen for, all bad news. Bad news. Bad man. news for him. Yeah. Bad news for the people. Bad news for the rest of the X-Men. Uh, and the rest of the X-Men get drawn into this thing, and they have
2: to deal with his mess because he sucks. There you go. It was a great issue. That's comics this week. <laughs> Very good stuff. Also on sale collections, we've got Amazing Spider-Man, Omnibus Volume 3 in hardcover. Deadpool Bad Blood. It's original OGN by uh, Chris Sims, Chad Bowers, and Rob Liefeld. Mm-hmm. That's out in hardcover. Iron Man Director of S.H.I.E.L.D. Complete Collection. Marvel Universe Guardians of the Galaxy Digest Volume 5. Spider Man Spider Gwen Sitting in a Tree. And Spider Man vs. Vulture.
1: Yeah. Uh, also on sale on the app this week, the books that we talked about. Plus Marvel Adventure Spider Man 36 through 61. Uh, Marvel Adventures, Spider Man, great all ages mm-hmm, stuff. Definitely. definitely check out anything Marvel Adventures. Yep. Um, Marvel Illustrated: The Odyssey, one through eight. Great. Marvel Universe: Guardians of the Galaxy, one through four from 2015. What If: Secret Wars, number one from 2008. Uh, plus digital collections on sale: Deadpool, Bad Blood. That's the brand new yep. OGN. Got it. Um, I haven't read it yet, but I've seen copies yeah, floating it's around. Floating
2: around. I know Lopez has one on his desk. I might borrow it for the weekend. Cool. Because he's in Spain. Yeah, take it, yes. bring it back. We'll talk guy. about it next week. He'll, yeah, he'll never know.
1: Yeah. Uh, Marvel Universe Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 5: Spider-Man versus the Vulture, Spider-Man, Spider-Gwen sitting in a tree. Fantastic Four, Masterworks 10 and 11, Spider-Girl, Volume 11, Marked for Death, in Volume 12, The
2: Game, Villains Play, and Spider-Man, Origin of the Habagabalun. Freshly digitized on Marvel Unlimited, we've got all-new X-Men number 15, Amazing Spider-Man, Renew Your Vows number one from the ongoing series, Avengers number 1.1, Black Panther, World of Wakanda number one, that's going to be my must-read from uh, Marvel Unlimited this week, Captain America, Steve Rogers number seven, The Clone Conspiracy number two, Daredevil number 13, Deadpool back in black number 3, Fantastic 4 the legend from 1996 which was a special they put out right before Onslaught basically recapping everything Fantastic 4 up to that point. Fantastic 4 annuals, the original series number 24 and 25, Fear Itself Monkey
0: King Where's number that dude? 1. I like that I like the Monkey was King really too. Cool.
2: Let's get him back. Let's 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 dedicate our resources to that. Uh, Fight Man. What is that? Fight Man is a written and drawn by Evan Dorkin special one-shot that came out in 1993. I love everything Evan Dorkin does. So there you go. Check that out. Uh, Force Works, number six and seven from 1994. Abnett and Lanning writing on that one. That was classic, classic stuff. Uh, Invincible Iron Man, number one. That's the new series. Marvel Universe Guardians of the Galaxy, number 14. Mosaic, number two. Poe Dameron, number eight. Power Man and Iron Fist, number 10. Solo, number two. Spider-Man, Hobgoblin Lives, all three issues from 1997. Spider-Man, Deadpool, number 11. Star Wars, The Force Awakens, adaptation, number six. Unbelievable Gwenpool, number eight. Uncanny Avengers, number 16. Uncanny X-Men, number 15. And then filling in some of the gaps from the original X-Factor series. We've got issues 69 and 70, 93, 92, 108 and 109, and 126. Hot doggy doggy dog. That's it for us. Yeah. We're done. Yeah. We are throwing in the towel and letting the West Coasters I mean, I'll be back briefly to talk to Alana about secret Empire, but otherwise, we'll see you guys next week. Uh
1: I'm told that this episode is brought to us by mm, Loot Crate. Yes. Um uh, but we don't have the official thing that tells us what we're like promoting. I'm just yeah. being I'm being real with yeah, y'all. Just just lay it all out there. That said, Loot Crate's dope. Loot crate's
2: the best. Uh I'm I get their loot wear, yep. which is their socks. Uh, you get that as well. I love so their socks so much. so much. I'm wearing a pair right now. Yeah.
1: Um, are you wearing a pair right now? No. How dare you? I know. I'm uh, living a lie. But I was wearing some Transformer socks that's from cool. them recently. I don't know. Other socks. They're the other,
2: the other day you had your Zelda socks on when I, I had my Zelda shirt on. That's right. We were matching. I've uh-huh. been working out in my Zelda socks, yeah. so that's why I didn't that's, have them. Don't do that. No, it's a terrible that's idea. That's <laughs> an awful idea for yeah. your feet. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, you uh, need I know. athletic socks. need some more
1: support. Okay. My calves are hurting this week. Oh, we should talk. I I use. I have a thing that I did. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, but we should talk. Uh, if you go to lootcrate.com/slash/marvelpod. Use the code Marvel Pod. You should save is, a couple Nick bucks. Nick is
2: miming the typing motions. Yes. In case you guys are wondering what he was doing, save a
1: couple bucks on the next gear and goods crate. Um, those have been really great. They're one of the the things that came in one of the recent crates was the. I'm looking at it because it's on the shelf yes. here in the Thwip Studio.
2: It's the Hulk with the mustache. <laughs> no, no it's, not so much. It's the uh,
1: the Ant Man um, like the the measuring glass. Oh, cool. Uh, so I have this this. Where is it? Oh no, I see it. Oh, yeah, that's cool. it's great that's awesome. because. It, it all for me. I use it as a glass yeah. uh, because I like. Oh, I have this like powder I take before I go to the gym. Sure, and it's like you should put it with you know uh, eight to sixteen ounces of there water. And I'm like, I can't measure that out in a regular how person could, cup. How could anyone do it? But I have this measuring cup that has Ant Man turning into Giant Man on it. Yeah, I know that I want one and a half cups go. right there to give me a little twelve ounces. Ching. Put it in there, perfect. perfect. Uh, there's lots of fun stuff that you get from your Gear and Goods crate, so you guys should certainly check it out. And hopefully we'll have more info on the upcoming uh crates
2: soon. Yeah, that's about that. That's about that. Let's uh take it to news and then send it over to the West Coast. And now from Marvel
0: Headquarters, it's this week.
2: Hey everyone, welcome back to This Week in Marvel, the official Marvel podcast, where we of course cover the official Marvel publishing events, like Secret Empire, and when we need that done, we go to our official editors, in this case, <laughs> Alana Smith, flying solo. Hello! How are you doing without uh without Tom in the house? What's going on? I'm
3: surviving, surviving you know? Secret Empire Force this week, so, you know, if there's some egregious error.
4: Yeah.
2: Just
3: be kind to me. Yeah, well, <laughs> comics fans are known
4: for their patience and yes, understanding. Yes, yes,
3: it's so. true, it's true. They're famous for it. So,
2: so you're working on Secret Empire number four, trying to get that out the door. Mm-hmm. Secret Empire number two is now on sale. Yep. But can you cast your mind back to two issues ago, <laughs> what was going on and uh, what went into that issue?
3: Yeah, uh, this is the one that I, I've said a couple times on here I was most excited for people to read because yes. I, I think it's the one that... Um, You know, shows most clearly the road that we are going down Mm -hmm. after us having to, you know, keep our things very close to our chest for a very long time Correct. Yes. Uh, and I actually I checked the timestamp this morning on the the file the the last page that everyone was freaking out over okay. that came in in February oh on my February God. 9th so that's how long we've you had to just be that. like oh yeah. we can't tell anyone yeah, yeah, like yeah. we just gotta and, and so you know it's it's nice to finally have it out in the world after months nice. so yeah.
2: I want to walk through the issue a little bit. Mm -hmm. I want to start with last issue we saw how things were going in Vegas, how things were going in space. Mm -hmm. We touched on New York, but in this issue we really dig into New York. Mm -hmm. So what is happening in New York? Who are the major players, Mm -hmm. and what can we expect to see develop there? Mm
3: -hmm. So uh, in New York, uh, they've been enshrouded in the dark force uh, by Zemo and Blackout, Mm -hmm. uh, as we saw in the Zero issue. So they can't, no one can get in, no one can get out. Communications are down.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, there's no power. They're running out of resources. So it's kind of just chaos yeah, at a the nightmare. moment. Um, and the only light in the whole city is from Dagger, who yeah. is, you know, running out of yeah, energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so Dagger's
2: basically 24-7 broadcasting yes, light, yeah. and that obviously is taking a yes, toll on her not big super
3: time. healthy no. for her. So uh, she, she's hanging in there, but it's definitely a, a ticking clock for the, the people inside the Dark Force.
2: And now we see in all of this, the kingpin mm-hmm. has kind of stepped up and almost become kind of a heroic figure. What's your take on that?
3: Yeah, I mean, there's two ways to look at it, right? Either mm-hmm. he's becoming a heroic figure at a time when his city is at need, or he sees an opening. Yeah. And, you know, he thinks, oh, eventually this is not going to be the way things are. Mm-hmm. And he's going around telling people, like, hey, just remember when we get out of this, yeah, I, was guy, you know? I was the
4: guy, you uh, know.
3: And, and he will collect on that. Uh, so we will we will see what seeds he's laying and, mm-hmm. and how they pay off down the line.
2: Aside from Wilson Fisk, who would you and Dagger, who we touched mm-hmm. on, who would you figure out as kind of the more, the, the bigger players in the New York situation? Yeah,
3: the de- defenders are definitely uh, mm-hmm. major. You know, they're kind of Holding things together as best they can. Uh, the Uncanny Avengers are stuck in there as well, which mm-hmm. we'll see in their tie-ins. Um, that they're they're just trying to keep people alive and. Uh, because the city is also under siege by Dark Force Demons, as yeah. if it's not enough that they're dealing with Dark all the Force other
2: Dark Force Demons, man. All the other they business. They are the worst. Yes. Uh,
3: so, so they're dealing with that. Uh, Doctor Strange will show yep. up as well in his tie-ins and in the main book. Uh, so he'll be another one to keep an eye on.
2: It's so. a cool array of heroes working together. I'm, I'm excited mm-hmm. to see, once we get kind of the whole band together, seeing what they can do to get out of this. Yeah, yeah. So moving along, mm-hmm. uh we have a nice conversation between Cap and Zemo, and by mm-hmm. nice conversation I mean, you know, <laughs> horrifying conversation. <laughs> I want to touch on the dynamic between these two, how Zemo's kind of become mm-hmm. Cap's bucky, and Zemo yeah. Zemo basically knows that this is all a lie. Mm-hmm. Or is he or is he starting to buy into the idea that maybe this is how things were supposed to be? I think Azimo is past the point where he cares mm-hmm. what
3: actually happened. I think he is having a great time mm-hmm. being BFFs with yeah. a triumphant Captain America,
4: right.
3: and you know Steve spent ages spinning out this story in front of him of how close they were and how much they mattered to each other, and like whether or not he believes it, he likes that version of reality more. Right. So, sure. so that's what he is choosing to go with at the moment. Yeah. So. He's he's going all in on that. So
2: that's one dynamic. Another dynamic. We spent a lot of time on this issue is between Black Widow and Hawkeye, mm-hmm. who are kind of the respective heads of the resistance at mm-hmm. this point. Uh, both have different ideas on how they want to do things. Both have. An extensive history with each other. Mm-hmm. I thought it was cool how uh, Nick really drew upon their history with each other in this issue. Uh, what do you want to say about the relationship between Clint and Natasha?
3: Uh, well, they're definitely, you know, foxhole buddies right yeah. now. <laughs> uh, in 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 many ways. Uh, so so some things are being rekindled, but also there are you know tensions flaring between there are very stark ideological mm-hmm. differences for dealing with this. Stark. Pun yes. Intended. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Over Stark, yes. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, so, so you know, you have Clint who is fresh off of of uh, Civil War Two where he was forced to kill the Hulk uh, and maybe is a little gun-shy mm-hmm. after having to do that and isn't going to be so quick to pull the trigger next time. Right. And Natasha, who was very close to Cap, who you know, it horrifies her to see someone, you know, cap shaped doing any <clears throat> of this stuff. Uh, so, you know, regardless, she's she can't let that keep happening, right. and Clint can't let her not let it keep happening. Right. So, so they will definitely come up against each other in in tense ways. Uh, so
2: now Widow ends the issue by basically taking some of the younger heroes Miles mm-hmm. Morales, early Awesome Hulk, some of the others under her wing and saying welcome to the new Red Room mm-hmm. what does that mean?
3: Uh, you can find out <laughs> by reading uh, Secret Empire Uprising very cool uh, so essentially these are all younger characters who, who don't have the same emotional connections to Cap that mm-hmm. the older heroes do and you know, they might not be willing yet to say, you know, we'll go for lethal means, but they also, they don't quite buy what Clint's side of the debate is selling. Sure. Like, they need to get their world back, mm-hmm. so they're going to do what they have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and Widow seems to be the one offering them that. So cool. that's who they throw in with, and we'll see the ramifications of that in Uprising, which shows some of the training she's putting them through, and, you know, the infiltrations they're performing as a unit Um, which they're uniquely positioned to do because they're kids, Mm. and a lot of them don't have very public identities yet. Uh, Who's the team
2: on Uprising? Uh,
3: The team on Uprising is the creative team? Yeah, Yeah. Uh, It's Derek Landy, Mm -hmm. who uh, is a YA author who wrote the Skullduggery Pleasant series, which is fantastic and amazing, (laughs) and everyone should read it, and uh, Joshua Kassara, who did an issue of New Avengers for us a while back, and he's Absolutely fantastic. He's, he's really stepped up to the plate, and, and uh, he's so good at, at drawing the younger characters, but also in kind of, you know, not in a precious way. Like, they're, they're grungy, and they're, you know, they're in a rough spot, mm-hmm. and, and he's just so good at depicting that. So
2: Now, Uprising was seated with that, but also Secret, Inva- uh, Secret Empire... <laughs> He's flashing back um, secret Empire underground was seated a little in this history as well yeah I'll talk yeah about that. Uh,
3: so so underground uh, you'll see a bit of the the quest for these I'm trying to not reveal anything on accident sure uh but I, I think we're there at this point I think that, so. you know they're they now know that the cube is what did this mm-hmm. and so there's a faction of heroes who are going to be looking for the pieces in the hopes that they can save Captain America.
4: Right.
3: Um, and we see them introduced at the end of this, or near the end of this issue, which is, mm-hmm. you know, Mockingbird and Quicksilver and Hercules and Ant-Man. I, there might be one other, but I'm blanking right now. Sam Wilson. Yeah. But he might not be so quick to yeah, jump on the he's, bandwagon. He's we'll have to see how around. he feels about this right. this whole situation, because he's kind of stepped away from all of this even before Secret Empire started in earnest. Yep. Uh, so we'll see some of his his own personal conflict in the upcoming issues of yeah. is he going to throw back in with these guys? Like, what has he been up to this whole time? And, and that kind of thing.
0: So.
2: And the team on Underground is...
3: Uh, the Team on Underground... That's a Charles book, so I'm trying to remember.
2: I believe it's Jeremy Whitley and Eric Coda? Yes, yes. There we go. Whitley and
3: Coda. Good, uh, good team. And yes. Uh, I, I oversaw it for a little bit uh, mm-hmm. while Charles was out. Um, but the pages look beautiful. Eric mm-hmm. uh, Coda draws a great Mockingbird. Nice. Uh, she's just got so much personality. I mean, all the characters look great, but her especially. Every time mm-hmm. a page came in with her, it was just like, oh, it's so
2: good. Well, while we're on the artist subject, let's talk about Andrea Sorrentino, yeah. who did this issue... And wow,
3: that guy's nuts! It was crazy. I mean,
2: that double-page spread—the
3: spread (laughs) spread when you when you guys got that, how
2: did you react?
3: I was I was shocked because was that in the script? It wasn't. Uh, He he just did that. Yeah, because that's what he does. He just—he's got an incredible design sense, and he just will do these things. And I I have it as my desktop background right now because it's still staggering to me. And if you look closely, there's. There's images from the entire Steve Rogers yeah. run. There's images from the Sam run. There's Thunderbolts pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he there's a Thunderbolts promo piece that yeah. he, and I don't think we sent him any of that. I'm pretty sure he <laughs> just grabbed it from wherever, the stuff from Standoff.
4: Wow. So
3: it, it's really incredible the work he put into that and how, you know, it would have been very easy to just pick random images, but he made sure to pick Everything in there is significant to the story that's being told. So,
4: yeah.
3: uh, so that was very exciting to get. And he's really, really—he's pulling out all the stops on these issues. Yeah, this is uh, a
2: star-making performance, I dare yeah, say. Yeah,
3: absolutely. And he's, he's coloring it all star. himself. So he's—he's he's really like pour- pouring his heart and soul into yeah, these these sure. issues, and it really, really shows. So,
2: is there anything else, issue number two, you want to talk about before we uh, tease uh, out issue number three?
3: Do you want to talk about the last page? I'm not sure. How uh, I guess we should we talk be. about the last page. <laughs>
2: A little uh, bit. Yeah. I don't want to spoil it. Okay. But in the most roundabout terms, <laughs> what can you say about how important this last page is and what it's going to lead to? It's
3: it's probably the most important page oh, in wow. the issue. Okay. Uh, you will see more of, uh, we, we've seeded uh, Rod Reese's pages mm-hmm. throughout uh, this series.
2: They mean something. Yes. It means something uh, when he's on art.
3: Absolutely. And cool. it doesn't necessarily mean the same thing it meant in the zero issue i okay. believe for his other pages um but you will absolutely see him you will see rod back and every time he's back we'll find out a little bit more wow. about this this teasy, stunning twist teasy. very good
2: you definitely <laughs> yeah. learned from uh master brevoit very well <laughs> um so what can we expect for issue number three and the tie-ins coming up what's what's next
3: um, well, give me a minute cuz I'm working on 4 so 3 <sighs> is bleeding into 4. Um, so Ah, okay. So 3 there's there's another really killer last page no. which uh
0: I can't I, handle I think,
3: another one. I think will will excite some people okay, cool. and probably appall some other people, nice. but you know, that's 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 so how we do. We, do. So we do. Um, we'll see a bit more of of you know what natasha's scheming uh, we'll see a bit more of also uh, what's been going on out in space mm. as yeah
2: we've checked in they're for a trying
3: while. to survive this relentless yeah. onslaught of chitari mm-hmm. um checking with the guardians a little bit which is fun mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah and there's there's some some nice moments of levity in that, as well as, you know, heartbreak. And Who
2: And who's on art for issue number three?
3: Three is still Sorrentino.
2: Still Sorrentino. Mm-hmm. Cool. So we got more of that goodness. Yes. Excellent. Yeah. Well, Alana, thank you so much thank for stopping you. by. It's <laughs> always a pleasure having you on. You're always nice. so informative <laughs> and well spoken and try, just great. Try. So uh, thank you guys for listening and keep buying Secret Empire.
0: It's the West Coast. Show me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast. Show me
4: and the Wolfman.
0: It's the West Coast. Show me the me the it's the West coast baby
5: yeah, yeah. hello this week in Marvel lights this is Marvel.com editor Mark Strom joined by Assistant editor Christine
6: Ste yada 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 etc and also <laughs> Tim Hernandez uh, Tim Hernandez director of game production Marvel games. German Mark is back. <laughs> yes, he's got his mojo back. Yep. I've got something back. <laughs> well, all right,
5: we're not... I
7: nice he- curl over here.
0: Oh, oh, yeah, you can't see it.
5: I got a little jerry curl going on with my hair are today. You slick. And something. Uh, we're not here to talk about my hair, though, unless my hair is made of Legos, in which case we are here to talk about something related to my hair,
6: Legos. <laughs> But now you have me thinking about a Mark Markstrom minifigure, which would be fantastic. <laughs> but no, yes. You need to build it
7: with a, a messy office.
6: <laughs> oh, yeah. Just scattered bricks everywhere.
7: With food laying around. <laughs> Lego food. <laughs> Half-peeled
6: banana Legos. Aww. All this Lego talk. Lego Marvel Super Heroes Le- Yes, Lego Marvel. <laughs> finally can speak about Lego Marvel Super Heroes 2. We announced on Monday that uh, the game is coming out this November. course. November 14th. Thank you, Christine. Yes. Uh, sequel to the first Lego Marvel Superheroes. Heroes, an all-original storyline, awesome um, plot that we'll reveal more and more about in the coming weeks.
0: Mm-hmm.
6: We have a full uh, t- trailer hitting on Tuesday, so on Monday we released our teaser, so you saw a little bit of Groot, Green Goblin... <laughs> and Doctor Strange, but we'll have plenty more characters showing up and announced
5: and, on that full trailer on and, and did you say we teased who the villain is?
6: Yes, we did. We also released key art, so it's not a huge surprise. It's Kane. So it's a time travel storyline, alternate realities, yeah. and lots of awesome characters that we have never shown before in a LEGO game.
7: Yeah, it was really awesome to see that you can manipulate time, you can go to Manhattan 2099,
6: um, Sakar, ancient yeah. Egypt. There's lots of. Can, new can we go to? Uh,
5: can we go Battle World?
6: There will be a. Well, there's different parts of Battle World that will be represented in. <laughs> All the, right. Yeah, I won't yeah. tell which yet. We're gonna have a. We have a long ways to go before November, so we'll be yeah. releasing little tidbits. Uh, I think. I think the. the next
5: ne- I think the next Lego Marvel game should be Lego Marvel Secret Wars. Just saying. <laughs> think about how much fun that would be. That would be really cool. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, is that all? Is that all? Is that all the games news we have just like
7: Marvel no, Superior 2? We, we, too? All we all got more. We had a Gamora joining Marvel Puzzle Quest.
6: Yes. Yeah. Guardians event still going on. Mm-hmm. So, Gamora's the third character uh, introduced into Puzzle Quest. She's she's just a badass. She has a awesome move. She's, I think, the first character that basically has a one hit kill. It's most deadly yeah. woman. <laughs> uh, so a lot of people are going to be very eager to get their hands mm-hmm. on her. I think she's a four star uh introduction there, there has been a version of more before so she's she's going to be fantastic in the game and i think she's out now yes this <laughs> week so and um, what's we got
7: that's it for games but we'll have uh, i chatted with uh tt games arthur parsons so we will have a podcast talking about um lego marvel superheroes 2 on tuesday as well
5: nice Alright, thank you for joining us, Tim. Thank you, guys. Stick around, guys. We'll be back with some uh, whatever else news we have. Alright, other news. We're a little light on other news <laughs> this week. But we had the fourth season finale of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was big. It was packed. Ghost Rider came back. Was uh you, g- you got to see someone else light their skull on fire. <laughs> um, won't say who. Spo- spoilers. Uh, um, we yeah. had
7: a really, really crazy ending.
5: Really crazy ending. Uh, really bittersweet ending for some characters as well. Um, but, yeah, that's it. We did another season. And we, we can officially splitters- say we got season five. Yeah. Um, so we will be back. Uh, of course, in the upcoming season, we announced that uh, Inhumans will premiere on Fridays at 9, 8 central mm-hmm. uh, on, ABC. on ABC paired with Once Upon a Time, and then once Inhumans uh, closes out its run, it will be S.H.I.E.L.D. in that time slot. So stay tuned to that. Stay tuned for more news on when exactly you can see S.H.I.E.L.D. on your TV sets once more. Um. What else is there really to talk about? I guess that's really uh,
3: You did a pod.
0: You did a t- oh, um, we did. We did a podcast.
5: Yeah. We did this weekend Shield with uh, the director Billy Gearhart, who I believe has directed more episodes of Shield than anyone else. He's directed, I think, eleven episodes over the course of the uh, four seasons so far. Awesome. So, chat with him. Very cool dude. He was a uh, camera operator for the entire run of the shield not um, not our shield but the shield uh, I discovered and he was uh, uh, he actually directed his first TV directing gig his first directing gig I think actually was the penultimate episode of the shield which I bring up because
7: that's your favorite word it's
5: called shield so oh. I feel like there's <laughs> a I feel like there's a uh, overlap there. Sure, I can say <laughs> that, yeah. Anyway, I also just love the shield. Um, so yeah, that was a very fun conversation to have. And like I say, stay tuned for more. But in the meantime...
7: We oh, also had bad news in the shield world this week with the passing. Oh, the yes, yes, Booth. of
5: course, of course. Powers Booth uh, passed away very suddenly at the age of 60. Eight, I believe yes, yes that sounds right 68 yep. of course Powers he played um, Gideon Malick in mm-hmm. season 3 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. but I mean he did so many other roles he was Philip Marlowe back in the 80's on the HBO Philip Marlowe show he was in um, Deadwood he was in Sin City uh, he did a bunch of voice work mm-hmm. um, most notably for our distinguished competition uh, yeah but yeah I was uh, I was very sad to hear about yeah. that news his interview was maybe one of two or three interviews I've ever done in the ten years here at Marvel that I like truly geeked out on because I'm such a Deadwood <laughs> nerd That um, I got very excited for that uh, feel very lucky that I did get the opportunity to talk with him he was a great guy and uh, yeah very sad news so thank you for bringing that down
7: that's what I do
5: <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, moving on to a more upbeat note we have toir C
3: coming up next
0: Tm you are safe take
5: And we're back. We're back with Twim URC. This week, we read uh, the four-issue Inhuman series from the early 2000s, mm-hmm. written by uh, Carlos Pacheco, who most people know more for his art. He's a great artist, been working more than 20 years, probably at this point, um, and uh, currently... Well, actually, he's just coming off of a run of Occupy Avengers, if I remember correctly. Uh, But written by him and Rafael Marin, uh, drawn by Ladrone for the first three issues and uh, Jorge Lucas for the fourth. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I say, as I've said before on this, I mostly pick this book because it is stunningly gorgeous. It's
7: very beautiful.
5: Ladrone doesn't do much... American work. Uh, this is one of the few things he did. Uh, it was fantastic, and it felt mm-hmm. it. He he felt like, what if Jack Kirby grew up in Europe? Yeah. And and became like uh, a European comics artist instead of the American <laughs> comics artist. That's what Ladrone's artwork looks like to me. It also has a lot of Mobius influence mm-hmm. to me. Um, yeah, what do you think? You haven't, you haven't you haven't read this before, right? I haven't, I haven't read, read before. It before. I I looked through it extensively, but I never um, actually read it.
7: Yeah, Hal art was really awesome. Like his facial expressions, like you can just you know, like Black Bolt. We hear his inner monologue, but just like all the the facial, um, just facial movements from from it was really stunning.
5: Yeah, he's uh really fantastic. Uh, really fantastic artist. Uh, and Pacheco and marin they were writing Fantastic Four at the time as well
0: This
7: sort of tied into it right So it was in the same volume and you were collecting trade
5: right when it was, well because they continued the story mm-hmm. uh, of like the royal family after they have left the Inhumans mm-hmm. uh, in a four issue arc uh, at the end of their Fantastic Four run so they sort of bridge to that um, and continued the story there. So, if you want to continue story, that's also a great read. Uh, written by Carlos Pacheco, Rafael Marin, and Carl Kiesel, and drawn by Mark Bailey. Uh, Fantastic Four, 51-54. If you want to continue uh, this story. Mm. Yeah,
7: it's a deal. So like, Crystal being away. So she was lucky that she was yes. not at um, Adelan during the time of Ronans takeover. One,
5: well, this this also kind of laid some of the groundwork for um, what would come because, like, th- this was really I think the first story that introduced well, not introduced the idea, but brought the Kree and the Inhumans back together mm-hmm. again, which obviously laid a lot of groundwork for future stories like uh, War of Kings, um, all that type of stuff that Abner and Lanning were doing in the cosmic universe. Um. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, I also love how, like, Jason of Spartax, Star-Lord's <laughs> yeah. dad, is also in there. And, like, it's, like, I, I guess in this version of the story, Star-Lord isn't born yet. So, like, yeah. at the end, Jason flies off and the, like, Oracle sees...
7: That so he meets, like, Merida.
5: Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I this this was also a stealth origin story for Star-Lord? Okay. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
7: yeah, but I also love that. Oh, he's just you know really open to people that uh, he just meets all of a sudden. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm gonna tell you everything how I feel. Yeah,
5: you just run to you run <laughs> to a couple of uh, refugees refugees on the street, and you just open up to them about you know as the prince uh, uh, of a uh, empire how you feel about your empire and the political <laughs> and uh, the how political your dad moves. And
7: what really makes a good king?
5: Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, what else was I going to touch on? I mean, this also... Um, I mean, I don't know. I just want to talk about the art. The art is so stunning. And it's done... It feels very much... And this is also a product of sort of how... It's also a little wordier than we're used to in modern comics. But at the same time, it mm. feels very much... feels very European in some ways to have so many panels on a yeah. page. And uh so much dialogue I just realized Maximus gets banished to the negative yeah. zone in this and then I was expecting them to return to it at the end but no he just, he's just gone. he just banishes Ma- <laughs> Maximus because like he's running around and like working with the alpha preemptives and you think like oh maybe this is like some subplot that'll lead up to something but no Mac nope. uh, Ronin just like Boop. yep bye <laughs> Just banishes him. He's never heard yeah. from again.
7: You're of no use to me. <laughs> but now I'm
5: like really curious to go back, and it's like, wait, how did they bring Maximus back after this? What was <laughs> he doing in the negative zone? Um, just oh, uh, I don't know. Is uh, uh, what was I gonna say? The art, the art is fantastic. Ladrone, mm-hmm. he also did a um, run on uh. Cable with Joe Casey. Maybe we should read one of those soon. Um I mean just this shot, like why is this the first page? This may be the first page. It's first or second page. Um, where we're like they're in that in they're in that library and it's like mm-hmm. this very uh, on the Cree world, Cree home world, I assume. Uh, I don't know, just this idea of like this big planet. It almost looks like Game of Thrones. It's like Space Game of Thrones, <laughs> um, drawn by European Jack Kirby. Um, <laughs> that's just that's just what I'm going to refer to him as, <laughs> European Jack Kirby. Um,
7: yeah, I really loved how just the art, the movement in the art, just flowed like through the panels.
5: Yeah, it did, and he was able to really pack a lot into them, mm-hmm. considering. Know, these are just, these, the, the comics pages aren't big. Um, uh, oh, sorry, I was just looking at something in the credits. um But he manages to, like, I remember once there's, like, this page, I'm like, ah, oh, that seemed like he made it so effortless to pack 15 yeah. panels onto one page. It's like, what are you, t- you're insane. Yeah, and he
7: can still show so much, even though there's a lot of dialogue bubbles.
5: Or, uh, yeah, or uh, caption bubbles yeah. or whatever. Um, you no, know, it's also interesting to see this idea of... You know, this is something that's always sort of underlied a lot of in human stories is how weird their societal structures kind of are. Mm-hmm. Like, they have these alpha primitives that are basically like a slave caste, but at the same time, like, you know at the end of the series you have the inhuman people basically saying a black bolt like no we don't want you as yep. our king like it it's weird like it's not i like that they play it off as you know the royal family aren't always the heroes necessarily mm-hmm. sometimes they're just a royal family that has to deal with politics and
7: right.
5: underlings and subjects
7: yeah and it was it was fascinating to be like oh so the, the people they were just like there was no difference between being under you or Ronan,
0: mm-hmm.
7: um, which you know is probably a slap in Blackwell's face as he was thinking that he was leading with his people uh, in mind, but well, he did he did he
0: did,
5: he did lead them to freedom, yeah. just not the freedom, freedom that, that he, he thought. Had. Yeah, right.
7: But then it's also that whole mindset of are you supposed to be a good King to your people or to all people
5: I say all people I will be a good and magnanimous (laughs) king you will all love me for it Christine's laughing because she knows how terrifying the idea of me being a king would be Um,
7: (laughs) but yeah but I think it was you know like how and it was you know even though as much as I hate Ronan he was all like I'm a man of honor you did show that you were my equal and we shall duke it out Uh,
5: I love Ronan I I actually really like the character of Ronan particularly all the work that like Abnan Lanning did on him later on in the Cosmic Runs I feel like Ronan is just a very noble and honorable man who um,
7: has misguided intentions Yeah,
5: he's a very honorable man (laughs) Uh, but yeah sometimes he kind of loses his way a little bit. I
7: mean, he is thinking about the Kree That's and true. their their legacy.
5: That's true.
7: And he wants redemption for his people. <laughs>
5: That's <is> true. And <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie, the plot did get a little intricate at times, where it's like, wait, why is, uh, what like, why are Karnak and Triton there? Oh, I guess yeah. they were there to be the backup at the ceremony and everything um i'm not gonna lie i I did get a little lost and confused at times but at the same time like uh, comparing this like modern comics it's like you know these days you don't get comics that are this dense Mm -hmm. with this much story in uh in them and that's I don't know is a little is a little refreshing because I feel like uh, modern modern instincts would be to make this four issue story into like a you know eight issue story at least. Right. Um, but oh god, I'm just look at this double page spread of when the Cree first invade mm-hmm. uh, Alan, and you just have uh, uh, this gorgeous spaceship, and God, I just it is it is it's very much like. The dirty, grimy Kirby. Like, it's Kirby without any bright colors. <laughs> um,
7: yeah, I really love the coloring on it.
5: Which Ladron did himself for the first three issues. Um, uh, and there's that great shot of Ronin at the beginning. Uh, it also is just so sad to see like black bolt constantly being like abused by Ronan and forced to do all these things he doesn't want to do
7: i felt his pain on issue four when he yeah had all these pain receptors and he was really trying to hold in all his words and he let it out into the earth and all the volcanoes erupted and everything. Oh,
5: yeah. That's right. That's right. He starts erupting mm-hmm. volcanoes on the other oh, side of the planet. That's terrifying.
7: <laughs> but you could just see that pain. Like, his nose was bleeding. And, like, how's like, his face was so weary. It was really awesome. I mean, not awesome for him, but...
5: No, I, mean, like, I get you. You're you're into, you know, serial killers and, and yeah. people in pain, <laughs> so...
7: I mean, how do I get Rodin's technology? Oh, my God. Yeah. So
5: every day I walk into the office, I'm concerned about whether or not I'll be walking out. Um, I should just start texting my mother that I love her every time I walk into the office doors. Why? Why do I keep I getting these texts from you every morning?
7: Because my coworker sent me a link about Ted Bundy.
5: Gets my coworkers super excited that another former Disney Channel star is playing another serial killer. Um, it's, uh,
7: it's a very your, good
5: genre. It's your two worlds just colliding. You're like, I love Disney Channel and I love serial killers. How could it be more perfect?
7: Well, there are <laughs> twenty.
5: Oh boy. Um, hey, I
7: think Zac Efron captures the Ted Bundy vibe very well <laughs> yeah.
5: sure I don't know if that's a compliment or a, anyway uh <laughs> <I'll let>,
7: comments.
5: <laughs> yeah let's read some let's read some comments you start you out
7: uh, this is from Donna DJ Fanko. uh then humans is the next from your seat okay strongy let's do this I was worried that the cover art would be different from the interiors but this is all the real deal the lettering by Richard Starkin, Starkings and Wes Abbott was phenomenal as well.
5: Yes, the I, the lettering is great. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. you're a nerd when you're like, oh my god, the nerd. <laughs> lettering on here is great, but I wholeheartedly agree yeah. with you. Some of the, the lettering, lettering
7: reminded me of like the Metro in Paris, like just like the whole little almost gothic-like.
0: Yeah.
5: yeah, 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 yeah. I can see that.
7: It all came together with a beautiful outworldly feel. It was great to see karnick let loose. It's a reminder- I need to make time to read Warren Ellis' series.
5: Yes, you do. It's a great series uh, written by Warren Ellis and drawn by, like, seven artists or something. Um, There were were some delays on that series. (laughs) Uh, But it's great nonetheless. Um, Definitely check out. Uh, Jesse Delia? 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 J. Delia. At J. Delia, 25. Uh, read this back in 2009 when I was written to Abney and Lang's Guardians. The main series really helped to restart Cosmic Marvel, like we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, reveal an issue two that human transformation are based on alien yeah. races blew my mind. Uh, will the new books and show follow up on this? I don't,
7: you know... That was I'm a big reveal.
5: That was a big reveal, but at the same time, like, I don't think it's ever been followed up on. I don't know if that, at this point, would yeah. technically be considered canon I can't Do
7: you like that? That's like he thought. I'm gonna make you look like these alien races and then implant you guys. And yeah. So no. No. I mean, it's yeah.
5: is, is definitely interesting yeah. and goes back to the idea that the Inhumans were weapons created right. by the Kree. Um, uh, we see. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, like I say, I I uh, I don't think that's ever been followed up on. Uh, the best in human stories revol- involve relationships with the Kree. The series is a great example of how the partial gun dynamic work So we t- weird <laughs> to see Jason's Spartax before he became King of the Galaxy and King of the Jerks. <laughs> that's the other thing. Yeah. He was so nice in this. Yeah. It's like, what happened to you, bro? It
7: like, was, uh, but he did leave that comment at the end when they were like, oh, T.V.A. Menduso is married. And he's like, that wouldn't stop me before. Oh, that's true. That's true.
5: <laughs> That's true. He, he, he is shown to have a little bit of a womanizing streak. Uh, first time I read Ron, the accuser is a complex character, which is still around in films and TV. If you like Ron in this, as we talked about earlier, you should check out uh, War of Kings and all the stuff that Dan Amdent and Andy Lanning did with the character. And then... From there, look at what uh, Jonathan Hickman did with the character in his Fantastic Four and FF runs. um, Because that really continued, sort of seeing Ronan as. uh, uh, What am I trying to say? I don't know, a more (laughs) sympathetic character?
7: Yeah. A character? Yeah. Not really, but more like you understand that it's not because he's like a maniac.
5: Mm hmm. No, absolutely. Uh, you take it out. We'll, we'll split Penelope, Penelope Cat. Cat.
7: Uh, new Twim URCs and Humans Miniseries by Carlos Pacheco. Oh, wait,
5: we should say Jesse Daly. I also said oh. Good Choice Stromstein and hashtag Stromstein. Thank
7: you for using Stromstein.
5: Thank you for Twim URC. I read the whole series on my lunch break. All right, <laughs> now on to Penelope Cat.
7: I uh, read the whole series in one go, except for one interruption. It reads very much like a classic in human story with fantastic art. I can totally see the same story drawn by Jack Kirby. And see? Yep uh ladrone's art was fantastic very mobius inspired to my eye wholly different but as imaginative as Kirby.
5: see i but you yeah, know i want to see
7: Penelope, yeah, all, all these people get along all
5: these people speak my nerd language
7: <laughs> the whole thing has a very european feel to it which makes sense given the creative team i don't think i read this when it was released because i wasn't particularly interested in the humans and wasn't buying too much but take it away
5: uh, I have a strong connection to characters today, and I don't have to pay extra. Read on unlimited out. Oh wait, wait. Did you just read that?
7: No, I read oh. the one before that.
5: Uh, I don't know if I would have appreciated it as much at the time. Now I know who the characters are. At least notion that the Inhumans are based on alien races and order be bears soldiers makes perfect sense. It does, and like yeah. I say, somehow I don't think that was ever followed up on. But it is a very, uh, very interesting idea. Um. The uh, now that I know who they are, I feel like the Inhumans are ideally suited for this sort of space politics mm-hmm. kind of story. Space Game of Thrones. <laughs> That's why I'm going to just start calling the Inhumans. So I've never seen it. Never seen Game of Thrones. Nope. Hmm.
7: Yeah. It's uh, like
5: one of the very few. <laughs> it's a thing that people watch. I don't know. Oh, it's like
7: a big deal.
5: The um. Season. Uh. What, the, writing. Not, the, the writing by Ars turned writer, Pacheco, and Marin is pretty dense in places, but knows when to get off the way of the art. The Jason of Spartak's fun stuff was fun, <laughs> uh, setting up the Englehart Gan Star-Lord origin. Was that still in the future at this point? See, that's, the
0: timeline's that's, interesting,
5: yeah. Well, because bear in mind, Star-Lord wasn't really a... I don't know if... I think Star-Lord, like, when he was created in the original stuff back in, like, the 70s, mm-hmm. I don't think that stuff was technically continuity at the time.
7: Yeah. I was like, trying to read up earlier, and, yeah, there's really no, like, direct confirmation about
5: Yeah, like that, like, that early stuff, it wasn't until, like, um, Keith Giffen reintroduced... Uh, Peter Quill in Thanos, the arc of Mm -hmm. Thanos he did right before Annihilation. Um, That, like, Peter Quill Star-Lord was, like, officially in the Marvel Universe. Mm -hmm. But before that, it was always kind of, like... I don't know, vague, I guess? And also, like I say, like, I think the Jason that we see in this is much truer to the original version of Jason from those original uh, stories mm-hmm. uh, from the 70s. Uh, whereas obviously now in continuity his uh, Starlord origin has changed a little bit and his dad <laughs> isn't as nice of a guy anymore.
0: Right.
5: <laughs> um, it was a great series and definitely shows that Pacheco and Marin were a good choice to write FF with some guy named Loeb. <laughs> Fun fact, Loeb did write it with them for at least a year. That's, of course, Jeff Loeb, our uh, TV head honcho. Um, but, yeah, this was back in the... When did they write it? Well, I say, like, 2000 and 2002, somewhere around there. Right? It was right before uh, Mark Waid and Mike Wiringo took over the... They were the creators before Waid and Ringo came on. Um, Which you now know about, because uh, I made you read it. <laughs> you read <on> it. <laughs> um. Uh yeah, all in all I don't know. I enjoyed it. It's right. a very like fun, just beautifully illustrated space romp. Mm-hmm. Um lots of uh fun in humans politics. And uh yeah, good choice me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Great,
5: good job. I did good job. I did yeah. good.
7: Uh so our next
5: swimmersy. Our next swimier- is one that I'm very excited about and We're all
7: joining on it. A- we're all
5: joining because Finally, all of the seminal uh, X Men storyline, Executioner song, is available on Marvel Unlimited. So we will be reading the first half, which I guess will be like parts one through six. Was it part? I thought it was
7: part one through four, or is it one through
5: six? I think it's one through six okay. because it's the whole thing's twelve issues. So if we're splaying in two halves, I think we're doing parts one through six. Okay. Uh, if you haven't read this before, read
7: Now's it. Now's a good time.
5: Christine hasn't. I can't wait for her mind to be blown. <laughs> Christine, are you a fan of the '90s X-Men anime series? Yes, that's one of the first. Great, Marvel perfect. I
7: have. You perfect.
5: will, you will love this story. <laughs> you will absolutely love this story.
7: Does it have a lot of '80s feels
5: for it? Oh yeah. Well, this. Well, we'll talk about more when, <laughs> once we do it to give the history. But like, this was the first. Like, remember when like Jim Lee and Will Smithasio mm-hmm. and Rob Liefeld. Yeah, old school. They were doing, at the time, X-Men, Uncanny Mm X-Men, and X-Force. They left to go Image.
7: I remember that history.
5: Yes. So, the guys who replaced them were Scott Lobdell and Fabian Nicieza. And this was sort of... This wasn't their first story, but, like, they'd only been writing the series for a few months before this story. Maybe even that. So, this was, like, their big, like breakout break like coming out like this basically defined what the x-men would be for like the next 10 15 years great story very excited about it um west coast and east coast will be uniting probably
7: in two or three weeks
5: yeah yeah two or three weeks we gotta figure out the logistics of you know and i think they should just fly us out there christine what do you say (laughs)
7: i'm into that we
5: got budget for that right fly out to new york for a weekend to record a podcast sure yeah that sounds that sounds
7: Probably. it's more
5: convenient for us to go that sounds way. reasonable it sounds
7: reasonable <laughs> um you guys should tweet that in the hashtag hashtag <laughs> and
5: hashtag this week in ha- ha- hashtag <laughs> your see, hashtag fly mark and Chris- fly <laughs> to new york um great thank you all for joining us once again uh we're going to go off. Christina will go off and make her podcasty editing magic with this thing. <laughs> um, come back next week. We'll be back with more news. Till then, this is Marvel, your universe.